question everything. Welcome all you creeps to murder on the Welcome all, one and all. <laughs> Welcome. Alright, so we'll, one and we'll all. be editing that. Welcome, one and all, to Murder on the 420 Express. Shit, this man. is Mandy. This is Lisa. And we are very excited to be presenting our Serial Killer Series, hashtag Serial Murder 420. Um, <laughs> if you've missed... Serial Murder 420. Get your bowl of cereals and ready crunch, to hear about Serial crunch. Killers. Crunch. Speaking of that, did you ever hear or watch the movie Serial Mom? No. So on the cover, it actually shows a bowl of cereal, and it's spelled S E R I A L, mom, and she's like a serial killer. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, yeah. So that was actually a really funny movie. So if you're ever interested, and you guys are like into cult '80s and '90s films, I would just definitely check it out. But there's one part where she she's upset because her neighbors found out that she was killing people, so she ended up killing her elderly neighbors. And at one point, the wife, so she stabs the husband with, like, these shears, and then the wife runs out downstairs, and she pushes the old AC units that are super heavy and boxy out of the two-story house and smashes, like, it crushes the elderly woman running out. (laughs) So I would definitely... That's my boyfriend, in case you didn't realize. If he interjects, his name is The Butcher. So, and he has obviously needed beer all night to calm down. Um, so if you hear him, he's probably going to be assisting us with this case investigation. With cool, creepy sound effects, because that's yes. pretty cool. Anyways, so today's episode is brought to you by Mantra Theory. Yes, tell us CBD. more. Well, let me tell you more. Buy CBD oil from me. <laughs> Just do it. Link Go is to in the bio. At the Cannabis Goblin. Yes. I definitely... But, no, yes. Um, Tell them about your gummies that you did. Okay, so I have this recipe that um, I made from Jell-O, mm. and I just added, like, a half a tablespoon of CBD oil to it. Nice. And then you just make Jell-O like you normally make Jell-O, and then you put it in the molds, and then you take it out, and then you have little gummies that you can take every day. Nice, okay. Instead of taking it via... Yeah. Um, orally under your tongue. Which probably makes it taste a lot better because the CBD that you were getting is very, like, plant-based. And yes. so it kind of tasted like alfalfa sprouts. Instead of, like, the yummy, like, strawberry lemonade and other ones that you can get. But yours is a very high-grade CBD, yes. right? third-party tested. That's an applause. So if you're going to buy something, honestly, it is quality over quantity. And mm-hmm. if you want some really good recipes, you can go to at the Cannabis Goblin, which is Lisa. And you can check out her link in her bio. But you can also just message her directly if you feel like it and you want to know, hey, what's the best way to take this? Or this is what I'm dealing with and I'd really like to explore the option of CBD for um, pain relief. So that is something too. All right. So definitely hit her up. I encourage you greatly um, with anyone that is dealing with cases such as fibromyalgia. 
Or you can have, like, anxiety or um, anything to deal with pain. Like yeah. Joint pain, um, headaches. Uh, I think CBD is overall also really good just to relax the body. So if you just need a, something relaxing and you're not quite up. willing to go high, you can definitely do something that's going to be very good for your body. Definitely get a pick-me-up from it, too. Like, if you start your morning with it, if you start your day with it, like, every morning, yeah, it's definitely a nice pick-me-up. There's been new studies that make you feel good. Yeah. I can attest to it just from trying it from your um, promotions of it just on your own accord of trying to discover it before you even got with Mantra Theory. I can totally say that you, like, sharing your CBD with me, it definitely just helps. You know, like, I noticed that sometimes my posture has been a really big thing for me, so I'm always feeling like I have to roll back my shoulders or crack my hips. And when I have taken CBD with Lisa, usually about 15 minutes, like, I don't notice it completely, but when I think about it, I realize that my back pain, like, my back is more relaxed. My hips feel better. They're not, like, stiff. Mm -hmm. So, I encourage you guys to do that. Um, I also want to do a little promotion of my soaps, too, because I'm getting back into soap business. So, you can follow me at Hackswolf. Um, I'm known on Pinterest as Hacks Doctor, which is actually a Swedish for witch doctor. I like to make tonics and tinctures, and my biggest thing that I sell online, because that's legal, is soap. Um, I do soaps for a lot of different things, just like Lisa has her CBD, which I really want to pair with Mantra Theory and make a really good CBD um, salve of my own or a CBD uh, bath bomb or whatever. Is um, so that's like one of the recipes that like I'd love to like get into and you know for people who you know buy it yeah and want to utilize it for like a different sense like it's oil yes just like any other type of oil yeah you can't cook it obviously. no i wouldn't recommend i feel like that would also burn really easily too. yeah yeah but anyway well that's why you smoke it mm-hmm. but um if it's safe to take orally you know and it's also safe to like put on your hands like too. a topical yeah like yeah. you can do a lot of things with it you, you know you don't like you can, like you I said, you can take the coconut same, oil and like rub it on you your skin, and that could same, probably be really good. Yeah, you can take the same oil that you take orally, and you mm-hmm. can put it in a, a specialized vape pen for it because okay. it's a thicker oil, and you can smoke that same oil. You can, um, like I said, you could put it in. Like I wonder if you jello. could do it in capsules. You know, like those you could capsules probably do that probably too. Just, that way, like, because a lot of people are not comfortable with smoking. Some people have COPD or respiratory issues that affect it, but other people, some people are just like really weirded out with smoking. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's great that you can take it so many different ways. You don't even have to take it orally to get the benefits from it. Exactly. That, yeah. That's why there's like the tinctures and the salves. And yeah, like- which is why I want to incorporate it in my products because I feel like I've already tried to do that with most essential oils, but CBD is honestly the strongest oil that I've found that actually can help immediately with uh, inflammation in joints, sometimes yeah. even rashes and breakouts. Like what was happening oh, with your side? Okay, so like I said... I think it was like previously, he broke. He had a spider bite him like all up and down. Like mm-hmm. it was like Saturday night is when he got bit because I noticed it Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And then I give Osiris CBD oil every mm-hmm. day. Every day he wakes up, mm-hmm. usually one to twice a day, depending on like if I feel like he needs it. Yeah. And then um. He, 
literally within three days, mm -hmm. those brand new bug bites, those mm -hmm. brand new spider bites, mm -hmm. three days, gone. It's hard. You didn't even know he had them. See, and like a lot of people get like sketch about giving CBD. Honestly, CBD, 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 um, CBD. If you didn't know by now, Lisa's obsessed with Scooby Doo. I love. Tell them your license plate. Scooby. And she's got a Subaru. Subi. Scooby. Scooby. She loves uh, Scooby-Doo, so you can um, watch Scooby-Doo while you gave your kids Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. And, uh, no, I think that, you know, uh, CBD is actually extremely safe <coughs> for animals <coughs> and kids. Obviously, everything in moderation. It is not illegal. Guess what? Okay, so I found this study on um, women who smoke cannabis or smoke marijuana while pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you go online and you look at, like, the, f like, FDA or the CDC or, like, any of these, like, government, like, websites, mm -hmm. they're going to yeah. tell you that it's bad, it's going to cause birth defects, it's going to do this, 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 and this. There was a doctor who was funded by the FDA to go to Jamaica to observe um, pregnant mothers mm -hmm. in the Rastafarian community because weed is a very sacred plant to them. Mm -hmm. Oh, and they so, smoke it like it's going out of style. Boy, I want to live my life. Mm -hmm. um, but she observed them for five years and oh. determined that the mothers who had smoked during pregnancy had children who not only met requirements but excelled. Really? And I wonder... because her findings were not the way that the FDA wanted yeah, them to be... Yeah, that's what I remember. They, they discontinued they, it. They discontinued it yeah. and basically discredited her. Yep. Um, so I personally believe if that's the case, I think it was the fact that weed, when used correctly and when you have a tolerance to it, it does chill you out. And I think when used appropriately for, like, a spiritual experience and, like, used as a sacred nature... Um, I think, you know, there's gestational diabetes and what did you have where it was like hyperclampsia or something like that? Oh, preclampsia? Preclampsia to where you have high, high, high blood, blood pressure, pressure and stress. And you can naturally have that and then it just elevates during pregnancy. That's what I have. I have naturally. But what does that happen? What does that cause? Like when you're pregnant? It, it's, you can lose the baby. Yeah. So I, I strongly believe that. Sorry, that's my phone ringing in the background. <laughs> I strongly, I need to get a better ringtone, so don't judge me. It's so stupid. I seriously have never touched my ringtone, and I hate it. Um, but no, preeclampsia, and that's sometimes women that don't even have high blood pressure, but during pregnancy, your blood levels change, and you could just be absolutely stressed out of your mind, depending on certain situations, and so preeclampsia actually naturally aborts the fetus in stressful situations, saying that the mother can't handle this shit. And I think in Rastafarian societies, if it's used in moderation, then why why not engage that into, like, having a safer pregnancy, having a healthy pregnancy, having children that excel? It kind of shows you, like, maybe it's an eye-opening experience that when you inhale that stuff and actually take it for the spiritual medicine it is, that you are going to have children that are a little bit more enlightened. I believe it. But I mean, then again... Then again, the world we live in today, which is great because 
Okay. <laughs> now that there is, like, more states that have, like, Texas just legalized it for medical use. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Michigan? Was it Michigan that... Who legalized it? Who joined the Klan? <laughs> I know there was a couple states, I but I can't remember. I think it was Michigan. Okay. But... We'll have to look that up. But I'm sure you can also look it up. Yeah. Just Google it. But it's kind of cool that we're getting more. We're getting more and more. And socially then, acceptable and Canada, across the board. Exactly. Canada running out of weed. That was fucking ridiculous. Y'all. <laughs> running out of weed at the dispensary. Okay, Let first me tell of all, you, never Canada, run out of weed on the street. Canada is already one, probably one of the friendliest countries. Like, if you think about it, they're just so nice. Like, yeah. oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. A boot. Sorry, a boot. That. A boot that. <laughs> I am not good at, I'm not good at accents in general, to be no. But, um, like, they're already, like, the nicest country. Yeah. And then they, like, legalize it. Like, can you imagine just crossing the border? They'd just be like, hey, man, <laughs> welcome. Dude, Canada's awesome. Canada's been their refuge for Americans who are very unsettled with our government at any point in time since uh what vietnam basically when everyone kind of just ran up to canada to escape like the military because it was a failing system Mm -hmm. and it's still i mean in all honesty the way that our country is going canada is a really good refuge i actually have a couple of friends who got married to canadians that way they could have that pass into being canadian themselves and living up there and they still come back and visit it's a really easy process Canadians are not necessarily seen as uh, a bad country to come here and visit, which it makes it easy for them to come back and see their family. But I would love to just be able to be like, okay, bye, America. Like, (laughs) I'm ready to make the transition to a higher train of thought, and Canada is on my way. Cuckoo-cuckoo all up on the Canada. Exactly. Um, And in all honesty, just the way, I mean... Not to get into politics, but I feel like I want to see how the next, like, three and a half years pan out and see what's going to happen when the next election happens, just for the simple fact that I think that... If we can even get that we, way. Yeah, if we can survive, if we cannot have World War Three, I'd be very grateful, because I do also love America. America's so regionally diverse, because we're straight up in the fucking middle. Like, we have the, the perfect great north border, and then we've got awesome, like, Mexico on the bottom that brings up all the heat. <coughs> and then we have, like, the middle regions that are just so diverse. So... Hopefully, with cannabis being legalized, and I really hope that they work out the Roe v. Wade, we can make America great again. Where that means, where we have it across the board that I'm pro-choice and pro-weed. <coughs> All right. With that being said, let's go. Butcher. Let's move on to um, who is our serial killer today. <coughs> okay. So enough chit chat. Um. I'm going to do the case of Dorothea Puenta, also known as the Death Landlady. She is a (coughs) serial killer that actually didn't become a serial killer until her, like, 60s. What? 50s, 60s, I would say. You were totally right. (coughs) Last episode. What? You were like, (laughs) it's like the next step in life. Yeah, seriously. You uh get you get go to college, get married, have a few kids, 
by the time you get your career going, you retire. And, and then you, you just start murdering killer. people. Exactly. <laughs> At that point, you've only got, like, a few, like, uh, maybe 20 years left. Bless you. Excuse me. That hit definitely went through, like, my nose and my throat. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Feel blessed. Dorothea you, Puente. You've blessed by the cannabis goblin. <laughs> by the cannabis goblin. Uh, born January 9th, 1929 in Redlands, California. She married Fred McFall. This bitch was in Redlands, California? Yeah. That's where Matt and Brittany are from. That's where my little brother and sister are from. Well, they were from the same town as Dorothea Puente. That's crazy. Serial killer. Grandma dead. Yeah. And Redlands, California. I mean, I don't think it produces a lot of serial killers, to be honest, but this one might have been a bad seed. Mm. And I, you know what? I have empathy with everyone, including most of the serial killers that we talk to or talk about, <laughs> just due to the fact that, like, they're still human and it makes me wonder could, what's going on. I don't know if I could, like, if I would have enough courage to talk to an actual <laughs> serial killer. I would, but it... <laughs> It would definitely freak me out. Like, I'd be thinking, you have literally killed someone. Like, you've taken their lifeblood, their life spirit. Like, that kind of freaks me out on the fact that you have now jumped a barrier that most people have not crossed, and there really is See, not a whole lot it's stopping one, you. it's like one thing for, like, someone to talk about it. Like, oh, I'll kill that motherfucker. Yeah. But then, like, it's another thing to, like, actually know somebody has killed somebody oh yeah dude i'd totally act a little different if i knew somebody like i was talking to a killer i totally would act different i'd be like um you're cool and all let's not hang out we can talk on the phone i'd really like to talk to you on the phone or you could text me i don't really want physical contact unless i know that i can trust you like killer pd i'd probably feel like okay i've never done anything wrong to you so i think you won't kill me dorothea puenta um, she had really just greedy motives throughout the entire thing. So, going back to her, she got married to Fred McFall in 1945 at 16 years old. She had a couple daughters, and this kind of fucked up, but then McF- uh, McFall left her in 48 after she suffered a miscarriage. Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah, he fucking just left her ass, and that bothers me because, here's the thing, my grandmother on my dad's side struggled after her marriage with my grandpa failed because he left her after having an affair with the woman that worked in the same police office that he was working in now i love my grandpa gary and i love my grandma fran but my grandma fran came she was adopted by a by a town sheriff in wisconsin she came from a family of um norwegians that had immigrated over like straight she was like first born on the soil from this Norwegian family, and unfortunately, they could not really, they really struggled to survive and farm, so they basically gave my grandma up. At five years old, she was adopted, and she's always been very, of like, a simple person, just an extremely simple person, but someone who really needed someone to take care of her throughout her entire life, and so she was married off really young. I think she was even before 18 when she got married to my grandpa Gary. My grandpa Gary had a military career before he went into police and uh, law enforcement, and throughout that entire time, they were just not very happy. Um, They just, I think they just didn't vibe, but they had three kids together. After my grandpa Gary left the picture, um, like I said, I love him. He did not take responsibility of his children. Two of the children were raised by his parents, my great-grandparents, and my dad, who has been in prison on and off my entire life, 
he was raised by my grandma. The reason why he started getting into hustling drugs is because my grandmother, being the simple person that she was, was working herself to the bone, not being able to really fully take care of her children, kind of losing it, feeling like she was kind of cheated out. She didn't have the qualifications to just outright get a job. Mm -hmm. So she had to work from ground level zero in her late 20s to try and figure out even how to be a cashier, even how to do like simple things. She had to grow up because she was used to being a housewife. And in those times, it was very socially acceptable for her to be a housewife, but then to be a divorcee for someone who left her for an affair and, like, left his children behind, it's really sad. So my dad started hustling. My dad started selling drugs at the age of 13. And this was, like, in the 70s. I think it was, like, 76 that he started doing this. And he has been in and out of the system since 13 because that's all that he knows. So going back to Dorothea Puente, the reason why I think this ties in is because her first husband had two kids with her and then fucking left her after she suffered from a miscarriage, which I feel is really fucked up. And then she left her with two daughters to fucking take care of herself. And she got married when she was 16 years old, so she didn't really have a lot of life training before she got married, and then after the marriage, I mean... Dude, that's just gotta be so scary. Yeah. Like, so, so scary. Like, even in today's society, we have a lot of... <laughs> we have a lot of programs. But yeah. not a lot of programs. hmm To help, you know? Mm-hmm. We have, like, the welfare system. You know, we have, like, housing and government assistance and stuff like that. But, like, I can only imagine, like you know, back in the day, like, what kind of programs did they have? They probably didn't have anything. And it was probably embarrassing, too, in, like, small towns to, like, go. Because it was frowned upon to have, like, you should have a husband, you should have made your marriage work. Yeah. Yeah, like, so there wasn't probably a lot of support until, like. Until later on, and my grandmother got this, she, she definitely, um, took advantage of my dad hustling and making money. And like I said, I love her too, but it was hard for me to see my dad in and out of prison and literally being institutionalized from 13. Does that make him any less responsible for his actions? Absolutely not. But the way I see it is I think that, like, some sociopaths, they can be not necessarily born that way, but they can be nurtured that way into being sociopaths. Like, just yeah. straight up not caring. No, you're never born a sociopath. A sociopath It's like a survival made. mechanism sometimes. Yes. So, and that's where I think it came into Dorothea Puente. So, her marriage from, with McFall lasted from 45 to 48. So, her daughters, she had two daughters and almost had a third one in the span of three years. So, she was constantly pregnant throughout her marriage. She also probably, maybe she experienced postpartum. I mean, that is a thing that was just recently um, embraced, if I can say that. But in three years, and then her husband left her after a miscarriage, it's just kind of fucked. And I really think she just had to figure out how to provide for her daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, originally <coughs> she was born uh, Dorothea Helen Gray. So, afterwards, um, Dorothea spent six months in jail. The only reason I say Gray is because sometimes my notes reference Gray. So, if I say that, that's why. Um, Dorothea spent six months in jail forging uh, for forging checks and then was paroled. She then got pregnant through fleeing and ended up giving her third daughter up for adoption in 52. Now, granted, I don't really know what happened to the first two daughters, if those ended up going to family friends or whatnot, but it doesn't really speak that she kept her daughters around. And then the third pregnancy or the third successful pregnancy seemed to be kind of a screw up. I mean, she was already like divorced, been to jail, um, 
you know, kind of had like a little bit of a rough and tumble Mm -hmm. existence and then getting pregnant. I mean, I'm glad that maybe she thought maybe that wasn't the right choice to keep her daughter, but it just kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, before this, so this all happened before she married a Swede named Axel, which is a very Swedish name. I'm just going to tell you right now, like Axel. (gasps) Axel. My name is Axel Heisendorf from Sweden. I mean, like, fuck, that's probably a really fucking butchered Swedish accent, so I apologize to anyone who's Swedish <laughs> listening to that. But, I mean, your name should have been <coughs> Axel. So. Holy shit. Uh, the marriage lasted for 14 years, although it was very tumultuous, very turbulent, like, up and down. Uh, my suspicion, which happened a lot of times, was... Um, alcoholism leading to violent marriages in that time. There's a huge spike, so you can look at the congruency of that. Mm-hmm. So I believe that might have been the case with this. So um, then she goes into the 60s where she was then arrested for owning and managing a brothel. What? <laughs> yeah. She was a fucking pimp? She was a pimp. She was, oh, no, what is it, a God. madame? A madame? Like, yeah, it's one of those, like, she's like the the mom of the house. Yeah, dude. She's the one that was set up everything. Yeah. Victoria, you're in room two. You will be taking care of uh, Mr. Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson. And Ethel, you're in room five, taking care of Mr. Peterson. <laughs> Fuck that fat man! Like... You, <laughs> I can hear my boyfriend laughing in the background. He's cracking up. But no, it's true. That's exactly what she was. She was a madam of the house, and she was like definitely running it, owning it. Surprisingly, she was only sentenced for ninety days on that one. Um, so I kind of that's not give her a credit. tough sentence at all. No, and then <laughs> she was. But here's the thing. She poor thing. Okay, so they arrest her for owning and managing a brothel. So they take that away from her. Then she got arrested immediately afterwards because she was homeless. Are you fucking? Yeah, she kidding literally me? got arrested for vagrancy, like being a vagrant, like being homeless. Right, vagrancy is homeless. I believe. I don't know. I want to say, I'm like, what if I'm getting Nick confused with vagabond? I will look that up later to correct myself. No, a vagabond is somebody who travels. But it also is like, I felt like (coughs) another nice word for someone who's homeless. He's really cracking up about that. I think he's watching TV. Were you laughing at Lisa? Okay, all right. Well, anyways, um... Uh, so after, then she stayed in jail for another 90 days. So after 180 days, she was finally kind of given a chance to figure her life out. Oh, that's um, nice. She officially. What are you going to do today? <laughs> hmm? I think after 180 days, I've learned my Dorothea? lesson. Dorothea? Dorothea. Dorothea. Like Dorothy, but with an A at the end. She's feisty. She was born feisty. Um, Dorothea officially divorced her sweet husband in 66 and married Roberto Puente. And this is where she gets her last name now. He was almost 20 years her junior and the marriage was short-lived. It was only like a couple years that they were married. It didn't really go into detail about that marriage. Oh my God. Here's the thing. Back in the day, nobody dated. Nobody had like long-term relationships. They're like, well, I've known you for six months, so let's get married. It's about time. How dare we date for six months and not be married that does seem kind of fast 
dude, that was, like, the times. But then, well, you also have to realize, too, like, even nowadays, people are just like, well, how long have you been together? Oh, a year. When are you gonna get married? You don't got a ring on that finger yet? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like... I feel I'm like a, two years is a good... I'm a little confused. Like, yeah. I have questions. Two years, I've always felt, was, like, a really good time stamp. Like, I feel like in two years, you've gotten to know someone. Um, you know, then you can make that but decision. You can have an entire year. See, this is where, like, social standards come into play. Like, you date somebody, but if you don't want to marry them, then you're continuously dating people or you remain single. In those two aspects, if you just remain single, your parents are going to be like, well, when are you ever going to get married? When are you ever going to do... But then, if you always play the field, they're just like, oh, well, who is Watch this? Watch out. Don't trust this oh, person hi, with this anyone. Oh, Jessica? No, my name is Miriam. <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, I'm sorry. What happened to Jessica? Yeah, or like, oh, gosh, my brothers were constantly like this, where they'd be... They'd, like, bring chicks around, but they weren't the chicks that were going to stay. And I'm like, can you just not bring these chicks to, like, family functions? I don't have room in my brain to remember all the fucking life stories. And then for you to just tell me, oh, no, it wasn't anything serious. Like, fucking just keep it to yourself then. How about that? We don't need to see every single chick you get down with. <coughs> I'm so totally good on way, that. you're going to be berated until yeah. you get married. Until you fit in the box. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, but what size is the box? No that is a very stoner question. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> what size is the box? <laughs> okay, so my idea was... Like, Am I going to get quoted on that? <laughs> but, like, what we're size gonna, is we're the gonna box? We're going to start making I'm bumper stickers. I'm going to right now. We're going to start making bumper stickers that say what size is the box. And this is just to make you think. Okay, so, like, there's my favorite choreographer who passed away, Tanya Litke. She actually did a choreographed piece called Construct. And it talked about how we literally build our own graves with all the social constructs that we have around us. Um, my idea was going to go off how we need to tear those borders off and just let people be people. But I like Lisa's idea of what size is the box. Are you going to make yourself a small box? Or are you going to make yourself a big box? A square box? Rectangle well, what box? what kind of box do you want this to be? Because, you know, there's the society standard box, which obviously murders a part of that. So if you yeah. haven't had your purge yet, then you're fucking missing out, and I guess that's what we're leading up to. Dude, I'm telling you, like, seriously, I think, like, the more that people, like, realize that they're missing out on murder, the more I'm actually afraid there's gonna be an actual legalized purge. Okay, (laughs) I am not surprised if that's where the fuck our society is going, because, like, I have a feeling... That that is going to be, like, the one and final stance. We're just going to kill off every... That's how World War Three is going to start. Or end. Okay? World War Three. Oh, it might even start end. that way, because then there'll just be not a whole lot of population to, like, kill off everyone. Well, good. More land for... Fu- good. Okay? Let's just kill off, like, a third of the population with World War Three, so that we could start over. We can be in our own little tribal communities oh, well. off the fucking grid. I would love that. Here's the thing, though. World War Three is probably going to involve nuclear weapons, so that means it's going to fuck up our atmosphere. Our Earth is not going to be able to sustain us for very much longer. We already deal with an overpopulation, low food source, 
messed up water source because we dump in the fucking water and we can't maintain our shit. On top of that, we don't realize that we only have our planet. And then the people that we have in charge, and I'm not just talking about the U.S. <coughs> government, a lot of fucking governments have some fucked up people in charge. And the ones that do have okay leaders, in my view, are not, and I hate to say this, big enough to count sometimes. They're not big enough to yeah. count against most of the world leaders that are out there. It just baffles me that, like, the answer to all of our problems is just so easy. Yeah, like, it is. I mean, we, it's fucking, yeah, we do like, have love, in my mind. It's just love. Exactly. It's taking care of one another. It's taking care Community. of... Community. We are not meant to work nine to five jobs. We're just not meant to do We're that. We're also not meant to make minimum wage and not being able to even sustain our house without a two-person income. It, I'm sorry, but I didn't know I had to pay to live somewhere. Yeah. You know, like, why should I have to pay to live somewhere? Like, I get, like, electricity, like, all of this stuff. Nikola Tesla, mm-hmm. want, he had a way to set it up to where it would have been free. Like, it should have been free. Rainwater's not even free. That Isn't is that crazy? Collecting rainwater can get you a 10-year sentence. How, how, how can you make nature illegal? Like, this is why I think... Chris, up. Like, I follow this lady on Instagram. She said it the best. Why would you want to put your rights... Why would you want to, like... Okay, like, say, for instance, gun control. Mm-hmm. It was probably that issue because of the Thousand Oaks shooting. Mm-hmm. But she said it the best. is like, why would you want the government to control every aspect of your life Mm -hmm. what is the point of that Mm -hmm. you're not really living then are you no like because you're living safe and here's the thing safe is not part of our world we're not meant to live forever anything Mm -hmm. too much of anything is bad Mm -hmm. if we're too safe then are we really living the life no we're getting everything drained about we're living in a bubble like, bubble boy. I am a, and this is why I say I'm a true anarchist, because the way that I see life, like, the way I view life and the way that it should be lived, it mm-hmm. should be, there should be no government. You, there should be nobody to tell you how you should and shouldn't live. Mm-hmm. Fucking Dorothea. Mm-hmm. Fucking kill. Like, seriously. If that's the way you Dude, want to live I life, believe if you kill someone way. else's life and you are not just in that killing, okay, so like Siberian law, let me go on this. Siberian law states that if you are found guilty, like, as much as they can prove you being guilty for killing someone else, you are not put in prison. You are not protected by the government. You are not just straight up killed to get an easy death. You are handed over to the family members of the person that you killed so that they can have their way with you. Fucking crazy. actually not a bad, uh... Let me just tell you, Lisa, would you want to fuck with a Siberian? When you hear Siberian, doesn't that kind of, like, already be like, shit, they're from Siberia, their motherfuckers are hard. Well, like, Siberian husky is the only thing that comes to mind. (laughs) But. But even the dogs look sometimes mean, dude. I love Siberian huskies. I think they're beautiful, but they're intense. But I will have to say, like. Or Russia. I, no. You don't want to mess with Russia. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm saying you don't want to mess with Russia. Um, but like, I can I can see that like that is mm-hmm. good. I mean, but like, karma gets its way in the end. Dude, in Russia, if a woman is raped, she has every right to kill the man that raped her. That's fucking savage as fuck. 
I honestly feel if someone takes something, like, okay, here's the thing. People want to hate on the Bible, but the one firm thing that I do believe is an eye for an eye. And people <sighs> misinterpret that all the time. That came from the Sumerians. Oh, I thought you were going to say... Eye for an eye. Sorry, you know what? When you pointed to me and you burped, I thought you were going to say that came from Mandy. And I was like, <laughs> fuck you, Lisa. <laughs> And when you said the Sumerians, I was like, oh. No, that came from uh, ancient Sumerians. Dude, the tablets. What was the the tablets? You know what I'm talking about? But no, we've known this about ourselves. Religion came about when ancient civilizations first started to realize, like, the ideology of something beyond them. And I do. What goes around comes around. It's the same concept as eye for an eye. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, like, fuck. There was... There are no coincidences in life. Everything happens for a reason. It's like people who escape death. Like, if it was, like, a freak accident that you just so happened to, like, fucking survive, you... Dude, this... Like, it's it's almost like, um... I would be scared Final to walk out. I would be scared to walk no. out into the fucking world. You know this, what I mean? There is a person that passed away in the Thousand Oaks shooting that actually was a survivor of the Vegas shooting. See that? And it, that was freaky because that one of my first thoughts was how tragic is that? You know that he, I think it was a he. I have to look that up. That yes. that person passed away after surviving something so disastrous, and then two. Like, final destination to where you can't escape death. You can only go so far. That's that's the thing, though, is, is that if it's meant to happen, it will happen. Like, you can, yeah. you can try and outsmart death, but it's fucking not going to happen. Because oh, if dude. it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. And it's mm-hmm. going to happen for a reason. And what those reasons are are what the living have to figure out why. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. Yeah, in our days, I mean, you're not going to know the day that you pass away. And in all honesty, sometimes you just can't be afraid of that shit either. Well, did these people know? Um, okay, so, I mean, Dorothea, I will tell you, she did get caught, so spoiler alert. So obviously someone caught on to this shit. Um, okay, so Dorothea, uh, then began management over a three-story, 16-bedroom care home, quote-unquote care home in Sacramento. Dorothea got married a fourth time, which is why I'm saying it's so radical to me, but then again, my mom got married, like, four times or five times or something. My grandma got married four times. It just throws me off. Like, I want to get married and I want it to be, like, one and done. But obviously, I understand that's not always a circumstance. Um, This fourth marriage, she was married to a violent drunk named Pedro Montalvo. Uh, which was only a few months lived, so that one, I, she probably would say in her books, it doesn't count. Uh, Dorothea then began dating elderly men. I think she was fucking done with marriage, and she was fucking done trying to live and sustain herself, and not so great of means, but doing what she could. And she started dating these older men who had uh, benefits coming in. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, dude, she obviously found a way to fucking tri- like, trick the system. Hustle, bitch. And she then started stealing checks and forging signatures. She did get caught for that. Um, Dorothea was known, uh, and this was all in regards to while she was managing this three-story, uh, 16-bedroom care home. Dorothea was known for her, in- for indifferent opinions on her character, uh, by her tenants. Some thinking she was kind because she would make homemade meals and befriend them. 
Others, they complained that she was completely, you know, slummy and also had, um, mm-hmm. she would withhold their mail and money from them. So, like, if they overpaid, she would withhold that shit until she felt like they were worthy of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dorothea, yeah. I don't know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like, <clears throat> being a bit odd there. Um, so. I trust it. No, and this is where murder comes into play. So, obviously, this was, like, well into 70s. She was in her 50s when she started committing murder, which is really crazy to me. Uh, her, she's known for six to, I think it was, like, how many victims? Six to, like, 15 victims. No, Holy nine shit. to 15 victims. Okay. Nine were buried on her property. And <laughs> I'll go into that detail. The first one was a 61-year-old business partner named Ruth Monroe, in which she died of overdose, where Puente told the police that she, her friends, Ruth, was so depressed in life that she took her own life. And they initially ruled that as a suicide. Believing Puente, oh they had never... Oh my God, can you imagine that sweet old lady? She was just so depressed. She was depressed. She was just so Poor depressed. Poor Ruth. She just, she just like, took her life. Like, crying and she's just like, Ugh. Yeah, and dude. So hysterical. So... But deep down, she's just like, They're not going to catch me. I'm going to get Ruth's side of the business. Um. So then, mind you, she's had many victims before. She was a very big con artist. She reminds me of, like, the female version of H.H. Holmes because he was known as a bigamist and a con artist before he even started committing murder. And his first documented murder was actually his business partner, something Pitzel or something like that. I've got the research on it, like Robert Pitzel or something. Oh, fuck. Don't kill me, Mandy. Yeah, no, no, no. I am not a serial killer. I honestly believe that we could talk this shit out before I go to murder. If I go to murder, mind you, I murder you. Like, that's, like, level 64, okay? Like, that's all the way up there. That's if I've tried literally every other direction, and that's including being like, we're divorced from this business partnership, get the fuck out of my life, and then you still stay? <laughs> then I could totally be like, I'm right. staying because it's like, I have nowhere else to go. I feel like it would take so much time and effort. I have nowhere else. I'm going to get you arrested for vagrancy. <laughs> 90 days in jail. She left me <laughs> pregnant and alone on the street, officer. <laughs> I was trying to just run my own brothel and I fucking get arrested. They took my brothel and I have to now be homeless and now you're going to fucking arrest me for being homeless? Like, that was a bad fucking day. Oh, jeez. That was just a bad day. I feel so bad for her. Anyway, so she had multiple victims, like con artist victims, well before she even had murder victims. Uh, so victim, like, 4,000, who wasn't a murder victim... A few weeks after uh, Ruth Monroe's overdose, 74-year-old Malcolm McKenzie accused Dorothea of poisoning and stealing from him. She was convicted (coughs) for three to five years in August of 1982. (coughs) Um, However, uh, Gilmouth was a guy that she was dating. I forgot his first name, but he's 74 years old pensioner. She became pen pals with him. She then decided to murder him. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah, because he was a pensioner, so he was getting good benefits. And she even was so maniacal and killer that she wrote letters to his family impersonating him well after his death. <laughs> and it just fucked up. 
She's trying to keep up appearances. That's what she's doing. So basically, a lot of the deaths follow. Her suit was that she um, overdosed people on sleeping pills, but not overdosed to kill them. And then she would suffocate them. Then she would hire convicts to actually dig holes big enough to fit a body. And she buried nine of her victims in the ground. She was only convicted of three, and the other six were undetermined by a jury. Um, but her total body count as of today is between 9 and 15. <coughs> now, where they get the other 15 victims, I don't know if it's just trying to fit puzzle pieces in with her. But total confirmed and convicted for was 9 taken to trial, 3 convicted for, in which she then served a life sentence. Um, the investigation, uh, the investigation into her entire murder accusations was actually because in this care facility... Um, she was taking an elderly client. So elderly clients are known to kind of pass away in their sleep and, mm. and, you know, pass away from natural causes. And back then, I feel like they also didn't investigate very hard when an old woman is running a care home. And, you know, you don't really think that she has the capability of, which she didn't on her own, the capability of, like, moving bodies. That just reminds me of this one episode of Shameless where... <coughs> <coughs> Fucking what's-her-face. Mm-hmm forgot her name but she like uh she like takes care of like this one old lady that was a nun oh. and um she didn't speak a lick of english but none didn't no she was like or no she did but she was like on a silent she was oh vow of silence the vow of silence before her death and she was, like, hearing her and Frank, like, have sex. Like, <laughs> so or not awkward. Frank, but the other guy. Mm-hmm. Jody. Her and Jody were, like, having, like, like these, like, like off-the-wall sex. Okay? And the <laughs> boom, nun boom, heard boom, everything. Boom, boom. Right? But the nun was writing a blog about the whole thing. <laughs> so awesome. And then she was just, like... <sighs> your death but I could kill you right now and then she was like no no I can't do that <laughs> wait like, who was doing happened? that um fuck I forgot her name the main chick or um not the main chick it was like but um, they were but she was trying to kill the nun that's ridiculous how like you would definitely go to hell if you tried to kill a nun I feel it's like Joan Cusack she plays the character but I forgot her fucking name I get it though, but like it's one of those things too where it's just, I mean, first off, I think you would totally like that you'd be fucked if you like killed a nun. I feel like that's not okay. Um, but yeah, so Dorothea Puenta, that's that was basically her MO. She would like uh, poison, which I mean, her first um client was an overdose and her victim malcolm mckenzie who accused dorothea of poisoning and stealing from him it makes sense it's kind of like her mo Mm. she has a like you know she definitely has some type of like financial klepto where she will take whoever has money um so the investigation actually stemmed from a schizophrenic who's who disappeared so, after she was done with the elderly, she started taking in addicts and junkies who needed homes. And then on top of that, she started taking people... <coughs> this is where it gets fucked up. She was taking people who were very mentally handicapped, which happened to be this schizophrenic. Um, 
and which you can look up, but this was in 1988, so shortly after she got convicted from stealing and poisoning the elderly man and was convicted on August 18th, 1988 for three to five years, this disappearance actually stemmed the whole murder investigation that later got her convicted. Um, she was convicted to a life sentence for three of the murders as the other six were undetermined, and she died March 27th, 2011 at... 82 years old from natural causes in Cowchilla Prison, California. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And the, what fascinates me about this entire like, case... Was she... Okay, for, like, because she was taking care of the elderly. Like, was she doing it because that's what they, like, wanted? Like, did she talk them into it? Or was this something that was, like... I don't think she's the angel of death. So, the angel of death is a serial killer that actually killed people that were on their deathbed by overdosing their medication, usually through, like, a morphine drip and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was straight. Her motive was greed. I feel like her motive was money. And whether she needed it or did not need it, I think that she killed people based on that precedence. I would love to go on the empathetic like straight and say yeah maybe she did care about them and put them out of their misery but he, Malcolm McKenzie that was poisoned and claimed that he was she was stealing from him shows me right then and there that he did not want to die does that make sense yeah maybe she helped a couple of them pass <coughs> over but I just feel like she didn't and look her up she's like she has eyes similar to, like, Eileen Warnos, where it's, they're very, like, she's up. empty. Dorothea Puenta. It's a Dorothy, but instead of, like, just E at the end, it's E-A. Or instead of Y, it's an E-A at the end. And then, um, Puenta. Oh, whoa. But look at images. Just look at straight images. And I encourage all the audience also to look at Dorothea Puenta, the landlady of death. That lady? Yeah. But look, everyone has always said just look at her eyes. Her eyes, she looks like a simple old lady until you stare at her eyes long enough and then you can kind of see like the distance and you know, there's been even claims that she was possessed and just weird shit like that. Really? Yeah. I think she was just, maybe she was naturally born a killer. You never know, but, like, at the same time... Like, she just, because it was so not okay, she just never went to that stage in her life until she absolutely had to. She was a serial killer in Sacramento, folks. Yeah, born in Redlands, California. That's fucking crazy. That's right over the goddamn mountain. (sighs) So was Sacramento. And so was Zodiac. Yeah. Right Vallejo. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's right over the fucking mountain. (laughs) They don't get far enough into Nevada. I don't know. Does Nevada have any? I'm sure they do. So, wait. There's a house? Yeah, a murder house. Her murder house. This? Um, yeah. That must be it. So, um, I don't know if she buried them in the front or the back. I'd have to check. I'd have to honestly, like, research to see if that was her house. But she literally had a house. It was, like, a really sweet old lady house looking, too. And I forgot, but there was some show that had, like, a psychic medium see Dorothea Puenta and see the the nine victims that were buried on her property like her or something. Like, her fucking mugshot is just, like, Isn't that creepy? Like, what if, what if... She reminds me of the, um... 
the the queen in Snow White when she turns into the no when she turns into the old lady the cartoon. Oh yeah, that's who she reminds. She reminds me of that one movie where the girl where the woman has like Alzheimer's and she she actually becomes possessed from that like. Oh yeah. Child kidnapper and like tries to eat that kid. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. So yeah. Um. Also. She reminds me of that old lady in the fucking grocery store that just runs your ass over. Oh, dude, she would totally clip you in the heels and then just, like, stare you down. Yeah, like, like you did something wrong and you're just like, Like, Jesus Christ, Susan. She's targeting Deborah. (laughs) Deborah. Deborah. Gosh. And she just, like, totally stare you around. No, fuck that. She's a Betty. (laughs) But she's, like, the demented Betty White. Like, if Betty White was born a serial killer, that's the look that she gave you. And she would just be walking after she clipped her heels straight up, not even blinking and staring at you. Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, I would definitely say so. So, if you want to be terrified, you can look up her um, (laughs) mugshot. I'll post it. Yeah, okay. we'll be posting it on our on our Instagram and our Facebook and a couple other websites that we have. On our Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, I'm um, do Twitter a lot more. I feel like that's a good Twitter's good. Place. I can't get into it, but then again, we have Lisa who manages Twitter. So, yay, Lisa! Yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I definitely wanted to bring her up. My goal in this series is there's the well-known serial killers, which we talked about in the last episode, that um, have just been very... Um, I don't want to say that they're overestimated, and I don't want to say that they're exaggerated in their killings. They're very much real and very much um, have the right to be investigated, but I think that there's so many investigations on the very well-known ones that I wanted to bring about some lesser-known serial killers to make people think, like, hey, that's actually really fucking crazy. It's it's Bundy crazy, or it's Gene crazy, or it's, like, fucking fish crazy. Yeah. I feel like Ted Bundy was known because... He was, like, all over. Like, all over. Like How many he... suits did he kill in? I'd have I to pull. No, but there was a lot. Yeah. I know that much. Um. Fucking Sean. I don't know how many, but. Well, yeah, and he's also known for his fetishes. Gross. <laughs> but anyways. I stumbled across the heat. This. What is it? Sorry, guys. Oh my gosh. My my boyfriend's a head ass. Yeah, your boyfriend's ridiculous. All right. But let's talk about how to alter your consciousness without the use of drugs. Woo-hoo. Number forty-five. I'm still gonna use the negative techniques for this one yeah. or this season. Okay. Because I feel like it's kind of like a, I don't want to say it's a trigger, so to speak, but it'll definitely, It makes you like, think. Like negative altering. Yeah. So, number 45 is panic. <clears throat> let it all out. Or like, let it all out. Flip the fuck out. You know, all of your catast- catastrophic expectations just came true. There is nothing you can do about it. You can... How can you keep calm at a moment like this? The only thing left to do is to panic, utterly and completely. It's often the perfect way to handle a situation. If someone else is around, then they become the helper who takes care of you. If there's 
Um, if there's cause for true panic on your part, they'll enjoy taking care of you. <clears throat> it will keep them from panicking. So indulge yourself in panic when you're alone. Oh, so don't indulge yourself in panic when you're alone. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because obviously I feel like you're not able to calm yourself down. Um, I wanted to do a quote with the serial killer. And since you're going to be talking about Eileen Warnos. Oh, yes. I okay, figured... so next episode. Woo! <clears throat> Mandy will be in fucking Idaho. For Thanksgiving. My boyfriend's family. Well, my boyfriend's mom is in Idaho. So we're going to go have Thanksgiving with her. So that means... Or, so that doesn't mean that Leaves you, you unattended, unsupervised. No, because <laughs> I'm still here and I will have That's a special guest. That's what I'm saying, leaving you unsupervised. So you get a- I <laughs> will have a special guest. I will actually be doing the case on Eileen Warnos. Woo! Um, and she is actually probably one of my favorite when it comes to serial killers because, you know, she does have a very tragic. Oh, story totally. Most of your killers behind do. her, mm-hmm. and it kind of like makes you like for me. It like makes me want to justify her actions. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, like I'm like, oh no, it's okay. Like it, she, she did it for you know, you know that reason. Like they triggered her, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. But yeah. at the same time, it's just like. At what point did she... Well, because Monster was very tragic. Oh, yeah. Monster but, like, was, like, at very... what point did she continue to do it because she liked it? Like, at yeah. what point did, did It's like know... it's a control thing, almost like a power trip of, like, now well, I once I've crossed that border, I, I have that power. A, like, a defense mechanism. Like, she was doing it to defend herself. Like, she, she pulled that one a lot. She was like, mm-hmm. I was just only doing it to defend myself. Mm-hmm. But it's like, at what point... How many times then it do you have became to push a yourself, game. How many times do you have to put yourself in that same position? Just to kill someone. Exactly. So, oh, total adrenaline junkie. But we will have a special guest. Woo! You won't get to know who the fudge it is until that fucking episode. So you're welcome. Have fun with that. Guess who it is. Comment down below. Comment up above, side to side. I don't care oh what yeah, the fuck you and comment. for people who are commenting on our posts, we are gonna do that horror wreath giveaway. We apologize for the delay, but it is gonna go to a special audience member who does follow us on Instagram. So we do encourage that you follow us on Instagram. Um, you can post a comment about what you like or why you listen to us, uh, what you want to hear in future episodes. Give us some really good feedback, and we'll definitely <laughs> be sure to do. The horror wreath giveaway once I come back from Idaho. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, by then, too, we're also going to start putting up, what's it called, um, pre-orders for t-shirts and hoodies. Oh, t-shirts, also beanies. Also the beanies, yeah. too, um, because I am this close <laughs> Getting like my screen close. printing right. Yeah. This close. We're just learning it all. And basically, it's Lisa doing a lot of the learning. I'll probably be um, looking into getting custom stickers made for you guys and doing some really cool, like, keychains and other accessories. So we encourage you to listen to us. We encourage you to subscribe and also to donate if you feel the warmth in your heart. In your little black hearts, if you feel like you can give to us, your we do appreciate it. Yes. We pass this one off. To you. We're passing oh, the blend. We also on Anchor FM. You have the option to support us as well. Woo! Um, so woohoo for that. Yeah, 
what is it? It's like five bucks. But if you so do support us, we do take no, and you will be given something. You have um, ninety nine cents per month. The four ninety nine cents a month, and then the nine ninety nine. Okay, cool for a month. But it's like a monthly subscription. Subscription donation. Delio. And we appreciate it dearly, my lovelies. Yes. And what is your quote? Okay, so Eileen Warnos, and this is really interesting that we just got a little spin-off on her. To me, this world is nothing but evil, and my own evil just happened to come out because of the circumstances of what I was doing. That's very true. Mm-hmm. And I think to her, when she says this world is nothing but evil, I think she means that she knows everyone is capable of what she did. And she just got caught doing it. Everybody is capable of it. Yeah, At but there's a lot of people another, that don't think that they are. No, it's a primal instinct. Mm-hmm. It's either your fight or flight. I mean, most people, like, given the chance, you will fly, you know? Like, not many people are going to stay and actually put up a fight. Yeah. If it calls for it, you're going to fly. But when it comes down to... Your life is in the balance. Like, you're going to do whatever you can to mm-hmm. make sure that you survive. It's 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 natural. Um, one other thing, too, I just was looking up while, while you were saying that. So, Ted Bundy did a quote, and this is just something, last thing I want to share. It says, we see your killers are your sons, we are your husbands, we are everywhere. And there will be more of your children dead tomorrow. He's Fucking a lunatic, okay? Yeah. There's the dead That's like freaking. But here's the thing, though, is that there's more babies being born than people dying, so maybe we need more serial killers. <laughs> so fucked up. Population control is not working with the lower food sources and the inadequate healthcare in most countries, so our next level is if you haven't lived no. your life to the fullest. Be a serial killer. <laughs> There's going to be that day. It's oh going to be a free-range day, and somebody... It's going to happen. AKA purge. It's going to fucking happen, and when that day happens, you'll see me in the motherfucking forest waiting for people. <laughs> With your little, like, machete. Which, let me just tell I you... I do. I have a machete. Episode, Last episode, I was actually really stoned, so my boyfriend corrected me after saying machete for the fucking entire episode, that it was machete, but I was so stoned that I kept looking at the paper and I was like, machete, because of the one fucking movie that What's-His-Face is in there, that, uh... Machete. (laughs) Well, that's all I could remember saying, so I probably sound like such a jackass. (laughs) Machete. Machete. I know, I was not saying it to be cool, I was literally saying that because I thought that That's gonna be a pin, guys. It's just gonna be like, machete. (laughs) Um, anyways, uh, thank you for joining us. This train has now jumped off the tracks to a higher train of thought. This is Mandy. This is Lisa. You you guys have a good night. You have a good one, okay? Fuck, where's the stop button?